Hello and welcome to episode five of Uncut, the podcast for makers. Today we're talking about striving for perfection with me, Atia, and I also have here Alice and Juliet. Hello. So just a quick chat first of all about um, some of the comments that we've had previously. So I just wanted to say thanks to everybody for all the nice comments we've been receiving. And we really yeah. appreciate all of it's your support, lovely. which has been amazing. Um, yeah. A couple of comments that I really liked, I'll just mention those. So there's one from Heather's Soul Makes. Um, and this was in relation to our topic about making time for creativity. And I thought this was a really useful uh, comment that she made and might help some other people as well. So she said, hi, I listened to your latest podcast this morning and loved it as always. The three of you are such great hosts. Thank you, Heather. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) I always feel like I want to chip in. I just wanted to say that as a mum of three teenagers and a full-time job in the NHS, I also struggle with time for me. Plus, of course, the teens don't have bedtimes anymore. My solution was to completely change my night owl habits when I was often up until 2am making terrible mistakes and getting really tired. Now I go to bed at 10 or 10.30 and get up at 6am to do an hour of sewing when there's no danger of being interrupted. I feel like I prioritised next time me time uh, ahead of anything else then and no matter how busy my day gets afterwards I've still had that time oh that's really lovely and it also reminds me of a book that I read which I don't really act upon but it's called The Miracle Morning and it's basically about getting (laughs) things done in the morning so that you've got these sort of important um things just for yourself done Mm. in the morning and you know Mm. you've you've done everything that you need to to get your day to a good start so I definitely would like to start implementing that at some point (laughs) so hopefully that helps somebody else as well yeah Um, it's a a good book I've read it I've read it but I don't practice what it says and I probably need to (laughs) (laughs) but you're a night owl aren't you (laughs) my my husband is a a morning person so my husband often gets up at 5 a.m or you know 5 or 6 a.m and um, I, I should probably, we, we're not in sync at all at the moment, so we probably need to <laughs> try that and give it a try at least. Anyway, so yeah. today we're talking about striving for perfection. So a lot of us, obviously, we want to wear things that look good and we want to make things that we are proud of and want to use in our personal lives and keep for a long time. So I wanted to find out how much of a perfectionist we all are when it comes to things that we make and whether we ever cheat and take Mm -hmm. shortcuts, which maybe don't have quite as good an effect, but um, just get the job done just so we can get (laughs) on with making something else. Um, So how about you, Juliet? uh, How how do you feel about this? Um, You know, okay, as a person who makes clothes, (laughs) which is my main craft, I I do cheat my way most times, especially... um, when it comes to the interior, the inside of my garments, the gu- you know the garments that I'm going to wear, I hope no one ever comes to check <laughs> check out what's going on inside what I'm wearing. Oh, let's have a look at that hem. Is it well made? And um, because um, sometimes I must say I do not um in I don't um overlock my raw edges, and I feel mm. I'm cringing whilst whilst I say this because um. Jersey fabrics, I don't, I don't bother in, you know, overlocking the yeah. raw edges because they don't really fray, especially the good quality ones, don't really fray that much. And um, 
yeah so when i don't have much time and i really want to wear something i don't bother like cleaning up the insides but um when it comes to you know woven fabrics and those fabrics that will definitely get um damaged in the wash like that would fray um when put into into the washing machine i do try to at least use pinking shears or overlock them to just clean up those um raw edges but yeah yeah i do i, think, I mean I we all I, do that don't we, with jerseys yeah I mean, it doesn't matter does it if yeah. they're not going to fray as long oh, as i'm really fray, yeah. you guys do that as well <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I've got a. I, I, was, I was cringing saying that, but I'm pleased that I heard you say that. But you do that as well. Everyone's nodding. Yes. Yeah, because I've got I've got a couple of dresses. I don't know why I do this, but I always, most of the time, if I'm using something woven, I'll always overlock. But for some reason, I always forget to overlock the shoulder seams, and that's probably oh. the one that will fray the most. And I've got a couple of dresses. I'm like, oh, I really must overlock that hem, and then it goes in the wash again. I've <laughs> 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 survived so far, but it's obviously not not really ideal. Yeah, because yeah, I think unless you like really battered a garment, they do stand the test of time. Because I found a dress. I was I. I was kind of beating myself up a bit for not perhaps finishing things off as well as I should have. And then I found this dress from when I first started sewing and it's made really badly. I literally didn't, I don't think I even realised that finishing seams was a thing. I just thought you sew the seam and then you're done. And that <laughs> has survived like years and years and years mm. and it's not fallen to bits and it's fine. Wow. So I kind of think, mm. you know, take it all with a pinch of salt actually i i just noticed um recently that some of my clothes that are made in bangladesh so obviously in bangladesh a lot of times we get things tailor-made so you uh-huh. buy your fabric it's the most common things you buy your fabric you take it to the tailor and then they make it for you and make it they're, you. they're really clever with how they can they can literally copy any garment that you take to them and make a perfect copy uh-huh. but um quite often i found that they don't actually overlock the edges um with woven fabrics so they don't even okay. they kind of seem to leave a wide seam allowance and not finish the seam sometimes so i don't know if other people oh. have observed that as well but um they seem to last quite well so i think linen fabric might not linen fabric doesn't do too well when not overlocked or pinked do you say pink mm. when you um, when you Thinking shears. Thinking shears. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, when you use thinking shears to um, finish the raw mm. edges, I think unless you do that, I think linen fabric doesn't doesn't. Yeah, I think if it's if it's a loose weave, yeah, if it's a loose weave, then I guess it would come apart if you're if you've not properly finished it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to know where that strife of perfection comes from. I think it's come from just wanting to be the best and mm. forgetting the fact that my craft is sort of my avenue to just like relax and um, find inner peace and unwind mm. at the end of the day. And I have that pressure to make sure it's perfect. But I guess I just need to, I hope other people feel like this, but I think I just need to like chill a little bit and just um, mm. um, not be too hard on myself and maybe mm. take shortcuts sometimes if I don't, if it doesn't hurt. I think that maybe I don't know whether you agree or not but maybe some of it comes from people seeing homemade in a somewhat negative light as a, something's homemade it's not as uh, good as shop bought or it's not as good mm. as a you know a high-end shop 
you know designer made lighting yeah. or something like that so we want it to be perfect so that it doesn't look homemade in a way I don't know I see what you mean yeah <laughs> what about you Alice do you take any what any shortcuts do you do you, I, um, I think I'm a bit any... of a goody two-shoes with my sewing <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did I realized this some I you know me made May and you mm-hmm. make up each May every year so my pledge last year was to stop being such a perfectionist because I think I was almost taking the joy out of sewing because it is my hobby and I just it's literally for fun um mm. and I was kind of beating myself up if things didn't go perfectly or if you know the fit wasn't exactly how I wanted it to be or and for things like if the insides weren't perfectly neat and I just thought oh I need to stop doing this to myself it's just meant to be fun uh so yeah pledged to do that for May and I have that has kind of stuck with me which is good yeah yeah because I think (laughs) if you get too much stuck on that perfection in making everything absolutely perfect you just lose the enjoyment because you're never going to be satisfied with what you've produced if you're Mm. always finding fault in it or looking for where it's not perfect so I think you kind of need to be a little bit relaxed about it and there's always that thing when you're talking to someone they say oh I like your like if it's whatever it is that you've made and you will instantly point out all the flaws Yes, I, I always do that as well. But then I feel like maybe sometimes feel that people think it's false modesty or something. But it genuinely is like, oh, look at that little. You know, I made this uh, indigo dress, and I think I pointed out on Instagram that um, everywhere I sewed over the fabric, there a white streak appeared where the threads got pulled. Oh. Um, but then I was quite, it was I was quite glad that I did point that out because quite a few people messaged me and said that same thing had happened to them with that fabric so Mm. in a way sometimes you've got to mention these things otherwise you'll never find out that other people have had the same issue yeah it's not just you you I mean actually saying that I saw a really good tip about this fabric I believe um and someone said because it happened to someone when they were on the buttonholes so literally down the Mm. front of their dress they were just finishing it off and that's when all the white streaks came and I can't remember who it was, but they said, change your needle before doing the buttonholes. So you've got mm-hmm. a perfectly sharp needle okay. for that bit. And I thought, oh, that's such a good tip. I, would, I wouldn't have ever thought to change my needle mid-garment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that should stop the, the streaks from happening. Okay. And the other ah. tip I had with that fabric is just to get a Sharpie and colour in all the, black, all the white lines. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. I see evidence. <laughs> I can totally understand what you mean by you know what not wanting me made things that are made at home to look homemade Um, Mm. I think it's that whole strife for perfection in the sense that we want things to be as good as those that are professionally made and found in stores so yeah I've never, never thought about it in that sense so thanks for throwing a bit more lights to that Atia. Yeah so one reason why I was thinking about this topic is that I recently made a liberty dress which I've talked about before but I've almost finished that now but for that dress I sewed loads of scallops for the hem uh, for the sort of ruffled hem at the bottom mm-hmm. so I think I sewed about 60 scallops which was wow. very painful oh my gosh. so because you have to actually so you have to actually draw the temp, draw around the pattern, like draw the shape, sew around the shape, grade the um, the hem, and then iron it with the, each scallop. So it was really painful. <laughs> 
But um, after that was all done, I realised basically I had to hem the facing invisibly on the other side. So I was trying to do this by hand. So if you can imagine three width, three length width of fabric pieces, um, which all need hemming by hand. And firstly, my stitches were showing through a little bit, which I didn't really like. And secondly, it was going to take me a long, long time. So in the end, I yeah. decided to... I had some bonding tape at home, so I decided to use that instead. So you sandwiched mm. that between the layers and job yeah. done in five minutes. Yeah. So, and I think it should last perfectly well. So I was quite happy yeah. about it. So it's invisible finish and much quicker. Yeah. So, and so these I things get created for people to purchase. I mean, it's someone's mm. invention for us to use to hem. <laughs> so it's actually. I just noticed because I'm wearing a ready-to-wear top. It's like an active-wear type top. And um, the edges on that are also um, hemmed in the same way. It's like there's no stitch stitches and it's kind of like an, a, a sort of kind of bonded edge. So Oh, there you go. It's actually, it's actually a professional technique as well. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> we sort of put that pressure on ourselves, but I guess we need to um, not do that. And I wonder if I wonder if the, the same things done in um, you know crafts like crocheting. Um, there's certain crafts that you can't, you just can't cheat. <laughs> you just have to do it right. Otherwise yeah, that's it would be true. Glaring, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with for example, with knitting, you can't really cheat knitting. I'm trying to think of any way that you'd yeah. cheat. You kind yeah. of have to just just knit and do it right. Maybe that's why <laughs> I can't do it because you actually have to do it right. <laughs> But right. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of true because you can, like, for example, I suppose you could do something like you don't bother doing a tension square, which you're meant to do before you start your knitting so that everything is the correct size. So, the, so yeah. that your knitting mm. turns out the same size as the uh, is actually meant to meant to be. So yeah. I guess in that way you can cheat by missing out steps like that, but you can't completely cheat. Yeah, by, yeah. You know. I went on a shoemaking course and um, I, you know, because you, you do these things and you're like, Hmm. how would I be able to create this at home? Um, how can I cheat my way so I'll be able to make more at home? But I don't think I can cheat my way with that one. I, I guess shoe. it needs to be perfect. So it'll be wearable. You're <laughs> yeah. walking so down I the street and half your shoe falls off. Walking on the train and having one shoe stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean, I think it depends. It depends on, you know, what craft it is because... Um, you have to make sure that it comes out right. Otherwise, it just yeah, has to be perfect. It depends. Yeah, what's the point of making something worse than something you can, you know, you can buy, for example? You kind of want the fact that you're actually making it, you want that to be something special that is something you'll mm. treasure and be happy with. So I think that's part of it yeah. as well. That whenever I've not, whenever I've tried to cut corners and I'm not happy with, the finished look I'm always a bit dissatisfied that oh, I should have probably just unpicked that bit and done it again and then mm. be better so this it's kind of a balance really I suppose yeah but, although yeah. Juliet you're saying that about the shoes you just reminded me of one time <laughs> this is really bad I hope my, mom, I hope my mom's not listening because back in the day <laughs> I was going on a night out and I borrowed without checking with my mum this pair of boots from 
they're, they were like genuine 1960s boots. And while I was out, they broke. And the, soul, <laughs> the soul came away from the shoe. So it was just like flapping around the whole night out. And I just glued it back together with no more nails when I got <laughs> Did she find out? I never told her. No, this is my confession, like 15 years <laughs> later. <laughs> Alice's uh, mum. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't tell. So yeah, there's there's a, a tip for shoemaking. No more nails. Mm-hmm. No well, more do, nail. they, do they use glue in shoemaking? I think they probably do. Yeah, yeah. So um, the glue is used, but um, it's a special type of glue. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I came across this lady I don't know if um, okay I came across this small business um, an indie you know an indie business she makes earrings what are those earrings that um what, what do you call that material that they use for these um funky colorful beautiful eye-catching earrings that's yeah, the one clay. yeah and I I watched um well, okay first of all I came across her business and um I ordered some of her earrings and she actually gifted me one as well in addition to what I purchased and um they looked so beautiful so I got quite curious and I went ahead to um watch a few videos on Instagram to see how they are created and the detailing the <laughs> they do put in a lot of effort into creating those earrings and I, I just wonder if they might be able to um take shortcuts to (laughs) make those earrings um because it you know to fast forward the process because um the earrings are beautiful and it's you know they do it so painstakingly cleverly and it's just so beautiful Mm. um i'll send a few of those um videos to you so you can see what i mean but um they're so good they're so good they're very Uh, clever those ladies yeah i love those those earrings earrings yeah i've, I've yeah. bought quite a few pairs from supermoon london and she ha- does handmade polymer clay earrings and she shares quite a lot actually of the process and stuff it's really interesting to see i think because it's a craft i know nothing about it's really cool <laughs> seeing the process mm. behind it yeah yeah it's very clever yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay so talking about indie brands has anyone seen anything interesting lately anything else you've come across um, I actually I bought a couple of planters from this brand called Mishandled. So they're on Instagram. It's at Mishandled Design, and they're yeah, it's so cool. They're like geometric. She does marbling, geometric shapes. So she does hanging planters and tiny little ones. So I got one that's a really Ooh. mini one that come and it comes with a cactus. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're really cool, and she hand makes them all so i'm really they haven't yeah. i'm really excited for them though that was my uh housewarming gift to myself oh, that's nice for our that, reminds me. that we're not in yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i saw something similar um which you, you just reminded me of um but i can't remember the name of the brand but it was like a macrame plant hanger kit so you can oh i got that for my mother-in-law well not me not that oh, okay. exact one but yeah one of them yeah so i thought that was quite nice because i'm thinking of getting one for the bathroom uh, mm. But I thought maybe I'll try and make one, but I don't know if I'll ever get around to it. But <laughs> that's, I thought it was quite a nice idea. Um, mm. Another thing that I came across, which I thought I'd mention, was um, the Elizabeth Suzanne um, Made By Me hashtag. I don't know if you've seen that. ES Made By Me. Have no, you I don't know. That, Juliet? So no. uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Suzanne was a, or is um, a f- sustainable fashion brand, a slow fashion sort of brand. 
And um, mm. unfortunately, due to the pandemic and because of the way that her business was set up, it wasn't sustainable for her to be able to continue her business, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So she has actually had to close. Um, and it was a really popular brand amongst um, slow fashion bloggers and um, sustainable fashion bloggers. Um, but what she did do was generously make her patterns available for makers. So um, what happened was that the patterns were in an industry type format, which wasn't accessible to home sewers, but um, they were converted um, by some sewists, um, including minimalist machinist and a few others. Um, and uh, they were made into like an A0 format. So they were available for a short time in um, a Dropbox, um, but I think they're going to be available again under Elizabeth Suzanne's own brand at some point. Um, mm -hmm. But I've been quite enjoying seeing the projects people have been posting under the hashtag because they're just really nice. Generally, a lot of people use linens and they're quite sort of nice boxy shapes. Um, uh, so there's like a jumpsuit and there's a boxy mm. top and a few other things. So, so is she going to release the patterns for sale? I don't know if she'll put them for sale or make them just freely available because yeah. um, the intention seemed to be just to make them available for free for people to use. Oh. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So I'm Yeah, because it could be a really cool opportunity to like turn, because it sounds terrible what she's gone through turn it into mm. a new venture for positive yeah so yeah. um what's this um hashtag for people who want to um go support her uh it's es made by me okay yeah that so out. that's okay. one to look out for um yeah. yeah so that was quite interesting although you know i i think obviously this is a really difficult time for small businesses and mm. um yeah. they probably need our support as much as we can at this time Somebody's posted um, that even if you don't have the money to support a small business, there are lots of other ways you can support a small business at this time, such as mm. sharing their posts, sharing products that they, they make or sell, um, and just you know giving them a bit more exposure. So I think that's something we can all do from time yeah. to time yeah. if you don't have the money yeah. to spend. There's this um, little statement. I think it, it comes on So Me Sunshine cards, and it says... Um, we do a little dance every time a new order comes through mm. because um, a small business, they see every single order that comes through and it's, um, it's such a lovely thing when they get these orders. So I think it's worth um, supporting them. Yeah. Okay. I found that macrame plant hanger kits from Cocoon and Me in case anybody's interested in that. Okay. okay. Right. So yeah, thanks for chatting and making me feel a bit less uh, guilty for my cheat. <laughs> this week um hopefully we'll hear from lots of other people about what they what they cheat on and uh what they're more of a perfectionist about uh, when we post this on instagram um, so any other last thoughts anyone well i think all i have to say is be kind to yourself and if you yeah. need to cheat cheat <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah i think we're we're definitely our own worst critics Mm -hmm. So just maybe try and see your own creations through the eyes of someone else. Yes. <laughs> right. So thank you, everyone. You've been listening to episode five of Uncut Podcast. Um, you can follow us at uncutpodcast underscore on Instagram. And uh, you've been listening to me, Atia, and we have Juliet and Alice here. Bye, Bye everyone. Now, everyone.